I'm CJ Von Essen. I'm Alexa Zamora. And we will be watching every single comedy movie made in the year 2007. Oh seven. Oh seven. I'm Alexa, that's CJ. Hey, hey. What's up? We just watched another film. A film de foe. A, f- <laughs> a film we de did foe. It. We watched another movie in 2007. What did we watch, Alexa? We watched Ocean's 13. Oh yeah, we did. We did. Also, I apologize if I sound sick. It's because I am sick once again. It's just my new normal, it's I guess. It's the new normal. It's fine. If you go back into the catalog of all of these episodes. This is just how you sound yeah. now. Yeah. <laughs> There's like like a solid like 50% of these episodes. I'm like, hey guys, I'm sick again. One episode, you're going to not be sick and you're going to sound crystal clear. I'm People are like, are you great. sick? Like, what's yeah, wrong? Yeah, what's wrong? Because your voice sounds weird. I'm going to be like, this is my normal voice. <laughs> I'm just like sick 75% of my life. Yep. That's what you get from living with allergies and also you get no sleep because your shifts start at four o'clock in the morning and you're an idiot and you don't go to bed early enough yeah ain't that just the way that'll do it to you anyway we watched oceans 13 yes and now this is something where we have switched roles we've switched our roles usually Usually, you, Alexa, are the one that have seen the movie beforehand, and or I come in completely sort of knowledge. blind. Yeah, no, I came in totally blind to this film, and I haven't seen the film. <laughs> but, 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 I have seen Ocean's Eleven multiple times as a yes. kid, and Ocean's Eight, which was the all-female cast that came out recently. Ooh. And so not 12 and not 13, which we just watched the day. Yeah, no, I wanted to see Ocean's 8 because it was filled with beautiful women. However, mm-hmm. I just didn't get around to it. Um, I'll hopefully see it one day, especially now after watching this. Um, you said before that this made you want to go back and watch this Ocean 11 and 12. This made me want to watch all the other Oceans. I really like this movie. I have to say when I was... Um, compiling the list of comedies in 2007 for us to watch like a year ago this came up on the list as like an action comedy and it was kind of like I didn't know if it was gonna kind of be like like a Sweeney Todd or like a waitress kind of thing where like it's got comedic moments and musical elements and musical elements and stuff like that but like it's not just a comedy. About pies. Yeah, about pies. You thought these were about pies. We the thought whole... these were about pies, but these were about oceans. No, I'm kidding. Um, so I was kind of skeptical putting it on the list, but I was like, eh, whatever. It's a, it's, it's a movie in 2007 that's famous, and if it has some comedic elements and we're wrong, then whatever. It's an episode in the bank. But... But, but it was funny! It was very funny. I don't think the intention was to be just a straight-up comedy, again, but... It was a legitimately funny movie with uh, funny with lots of funny jokes. Good, good, you know, cheesy lot. Okay, so you know what? We're this, getting ahead of ourselves. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we're just, this movie is is 
cheesy. Yeah. It, it is cheesy. It is. But it kind of knows it's cheese and plays with it. Yes. It knows the kind of cheese it is. Mm-hmm. And then it, it adds some crackers to it and mm-hmm. adds some grapes to it. If you had to assign a cheese to this, what would you assign? Because I'm, I'm bad with cheese. Well, my immediately when you asked me this, the first cheese that popped into my head yeah, was, I, I would, was Gouda. Gouda. So. Yeah, I... Don't know anything about it except the name. Okay. So, I don't know really anything about it except the name but either. we're connecting it to Ocean's 13, so yeah. there you go. There you go. I, in my heart, that's what it feels like. No, it was... It, it, it knew what kind of movie it was. It was a ridiculous heist movie, so there was a lot of ridiculous things, but they were very stylized. Yes. That's a big component of yes. the comedy and of the portrayal this of the film itself. This movie was very stylized. It made me feel like it was like a 70s so, movie. So, let me uh, explain a little bit about the Oceans franchise. The Oceans was... Oceans 11, the first one, came out in the 50s or 60s. I think it was the 60s. The 60s. And it starred Frank Sinatra. The Brat Pack! Yes, yes. Who's all, all of the Rat Pack? You all know the Rat Pack is Frank Sinatra, mm. um, fucking Sammy Davis Jr. Okay. I my brain is saying James Dean, but I know it's not James Dean. I've uh, the Breakfast Sandwich Man. <laughs> Jimmy Dean. Oh, that's Jimmy Dean. No, 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 no. That's no. the same name. It's the same thing. Yeah. I, wait. Okay. No. <laughs> Dean Martin. Dean Martin. Not James Dean. I knew okay. it was. I knew it was Dean. So this, and then Peter Lawford and Joey Bishop. This was all the first of Ocean's Eleven. Yes. And then back in two thousand one, our version of Ocean's Eleven with our generation. Our generation with yeah. uh, George Clooney, yeah. uh, Brad Pitt, Matt Damon. We got Bernie Mac. We have. What was the guy who played Livingston? He was the same guy. In- oh my gosh, yes! We have a connection to another 2007 yeah. film. The guy who plays Ogie in Waitress plays a character named Livingston in mm-hmm. this Oceans movie and apparently other Oceans movies. Don't quote me on that. I only know this one. Don Cheadle was in this and, yeah. and the antagonist was Al Pacino. Al Pacino. So it was a whole big cast of famous uh, actors at the time. Yeah. And Oceans 11. Oceans 12. Ocean 13, very cut and dry. Mm-hmm. It is just a heist movie yes. trying to steal a lot of money from certain casinos. Yes. Is it? Are they all casinos? So, Ocean's Eleven is a casino. Ocean's Eleven is a casino. The one we saw was a casino. Yes. Ocean's Eight, which is completely, you know, off That was from like them. a Met Gala. It was, it was a gala. It was, yeah. Twelve took place in Europe. Oh. Do they have casinos there? Yes. Okay, so it could be. There's like um, like Monaco and stuff. It's oh, big. okay. Yeah. So maybe, possibly. I don't know. Yeah. But that's all the movie is. It is just the lead up and the preparation to the heist. Yes. Then the heist. And then the very short final scene of them being like, oh, we, we did it. We did the heist. We did it, boys. boys. Smoke that cigar. Yeah, and then they all, they're all Fireworks. arm in arm. <laughs> There's, you know what? It really reminded me of the end of High School Musical 2. <laughs> They're all arm in arm. I, I hate that They're I see They're watching it. the fireworks. <laughs> it's basically the same movie. Yeah, okay. <laughs> all right. Zac Efron is, is Zac the Danny Efron Ocean. Zac Efron is obviously George Clooney. Vanessa Hudgens is obviously Rusty. <laughs> um, Keep going. Yeah. Can you do any more? 
<laughs> I don't know that's anybody it, else's that's name. It. One guy's name is Virgil. Oh, oh, the two brothers? Oh my obviously God. Sharpay and Ryan. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, this movie is called Ocean's 13 because, you know, it's not only is it incremental from 11, 12, 13, but the number of oceans is associated to how many people are in the heist group. Are how many oceans there are. Yeah, yeah, how many oceans. I learned today that oceans, um, <laughs> there's an apostrophe S in the oceans title. Didn't know that. I thought oceans was like <laughs> a code word for something. And CJ goes, no, his character's name is Danny Ocean. And I was like, oh, it's a possessive ocean. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. So that was it was a big revelation to me, but I still call them oceans. And so, let's go through. So, what what do you think is the best way of explaining this movie? As someone that just watched it and hadn't known it previous, do you think we should just go through with the plot, or beforehand we should give a little summary of each of the characters? I literally, I'm not gonna lie to you, CJ. As mm-hmm. much as I liked a lot of these characters. Mm-hmm. I couldn't tell you a lot of their characters. Okay, we can go by character by character, though, and I can tell you what I think they do. Okay, sure. Okay. I'll give you the character. Okay. Do you know all the characters' names yourself? We're going to find out. All right. I'm going to start with Danny Ocean. Okay, he's the Played big, by who? George Clooney. Mm-hmm. He's the big cheese. He's the leader of the pack, and he is like the boss. Uh, Rusty. Rusty that's, Ryan. Okay, that's... <laughs> Brad Pitt. It's a ridiculous name. He's like the protege. Um, he also like is like the second in command to Danny Ocean. They might be fucking on the side. Acceptable we answer. Yeah. Next is Linus. That's Matt Damon. That okay, is correct. so Matt Damon was a confusing character to me. <laughs> I didn't fully understand his purpose. He just mm-hmm. like would come into a scene and everybody would be like, hey Linus, how you doing? He's like, oh I'm great, how are you? And then he'd pull like Danny Ocean and Rusty Ryan to the side. Everybody's names are so stupid. <laughs> Danny Ocean and Rusty Ryan on the side, and he'd be like, he'd be like, hey man, everything's great. Everything's not great, and we're gonna die. And then like that's kind of, he kept bringing in news like that, and then he kept fighting with his dad, and then they would just kind of bring him in, like to fill in a part that they didn't have anybody else to do. I didn't fully get what his purpose was, but he wore a funny fake nose. Um, and he put pheromones on himself once. There you go. So, that's nice. You got the gist. <laughs> Thank you. From what I remember of the first movie, not okay. the second, was he was the young blood. He was a newcomer trying to get into the group and, like, make a name for himself. And he, you know, because of that, he keeps making mistakes and oh. he, he has his connection and his ties and the corporate side of things. And so George Clooney and Brad Pitt know his dad for some reason. Yes, I don't remember that Because in, in this movie, yeah. he kept saying, like, why are you guys talking to my dad? And they were like, because your dad called us. And he's like, why are you telling my dad what I'm doing? I want to do this by myself. Like, he's whining like he's, like, a rich, like, 16-year-old boy. But he's, like, a 35-year-old man. Yeah. <laughs> Next Jason Bourne. Next up is Ruben. Ruben's the old man with the glasses. You did it! Ruben's got sick and he is from the old generation of oceans men (laughs) 
And he got tricked out of a deal, and then he had a stroke, and then he's like, I'm not doing the business no more. And then he put on a nice suit and felt like he was hot shit and he was going to do the business. Yeah. And then he did the business. So he's the whole reason why we have Ocean's 13. Yes. After 12, he decided to leave the heisting business and try and go open a casino himself with some business partners. He decided he made a... Ended up making a very poor decision because he went... With Willie Banks. Willie Bank! Is it Banks or just Bank? I don't know. I think it might be Break the Bank, so it's Willie Bank. Willie Bank. (laughs) Everybody's names are so silly. I love it. So Ruben and Willie Bank are partners for this brand new casino. And Willie Bank is played by Al Pacino. Yeah, legendary actor. Al Pacino just decimates Ruben, cuts him out of the deal, threatens him. He loses all his money. Yeah, and and almost kills him. Yes, because he goes into uh, a stroke, some sort of medical thing. And it was because of this that all the other boys were like, all right, we're getting the the gang back together. We're going to fuck over, you know. I, this whole movie is so funny because it's like the pettiest shit ever. <laughs> it's like Al Pacino was like, I'm going to just cut you out of this deal and you're going to be so upset that you like have a stroke or a heart attack or something. And then George Clooney and all of his friends were like, yo, this dude's fucking with our friend and cut him out of a deal and then made him go into the hospital and he can't speak and he's like going into rehab for a while. We're going to ruin this man's fucking life. Hell yeah. And then they do. It's a good, it's a it's good redemption movie. It's as fuck yeah. and I love it. Now, the next one. We've named four of the Ocean Boys. Four of the Oceans. Next is Basher. That's Don Cheadle. Yes, it is. Don Cheadle's a crazy character. <laughs> okay, so they're like, we gotta build a drill underneath the city. <laughs> and Don Cheadle's like, I'm fucking on it. And he's just like building a drill and then he's like calling linus and he's like oh and he's got this crazy terrible british accent and he's like uh, <laughs> i couldn't even tell you he's like the, the lumber's not liquidated and and the lubricant is not shifting and blah, blah 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 and then and then george clooney and his friends are like yeah yeah dude we get it and then he's like writing poems to reuben and then that like snaps reuben out and is like i'm back in the business it's so ridiculous this isn't what reuben sounds like at all by the way <laughs> That's just how I've decided he sounds. And he's like, I'm back in the business. Because Don Cheadle, for some reason, is like, I'm going to write you beautiful poetry and, like, tons of letters. We must have missed something. Some, maybe. <laughs> and then and then he's, like, studying, like, dialects and mm-hmm. stuff. And at the end, he's like, I... T- to buy time, I'm going to impersonate an American man and do like this crazy Chuck Berry thing. We'll get to that later. But that's what Bash, Basher, Basher Trennan, or whatever the fuck his crazy name, his name is. Yeah, so that's five people. That's, oh, God. Next one is going to be, if I can remember any more names. Hold on. I can remember one more and then I don't remember anybody else. Virgil. Virgil. Virgil is a great character because they're like, <laughs> they're like, you have to go to Mexico and infiltrate the the budget for these scams, by yeah. the way, oh are astronomical. They're like, you're going to go to Mexico. You're going to pretend that you're a Mexican man. You're going to stay there and, and work there. And you're going to stay there and work there and establish yourself in this Mexican plastic we can, plant. We can only imagine it's... Weeks upon months. And this is this is months in Mexico. Up, in fucking Mexico. 
weeks if not months with a so, bad mustache with a terrible mustache and they're like you got to go down there to to fix these plastic dice whatever the man gets distracted because he gets <laughs> too deep into his character it's and so makes good. friends with like the other workers in Mexico and he's like they treat us terribly there's no air conditioning here we have terrible working conditions and they're paying us fucking dog shit we need to revolt and then all of his coworkers are like dude we can't really do that and he's like no we absolutely can and he stays in Mexico and stages like a, a unionization yeah. revolution yeah. and they keep calling him and they're like dude you gotta leave Mexico and he's like fuck no revolution is now and so the Ocean Boys send over his brother. His brother. Who I don't remember his name. The other one. The brother. The brother. Who, okay, so the brother, again, <laughs> don't really know what his specialization is. At one point, he's a chef. Yeah, each each character is supposed to be brought onto this team to have some sort of role to play. Some sort of specialization, I These guess. two were kind of so just it's, yeah, bumbling it's kind idiots. of like, you got the leader, you've got the con man, well, I guess they're all con man, you got like the leader, you got the smooth talker, you've got the tech guy, you've got the scientist, and then you got like the chef, like what is, what is the chef? The brother plays a chef for some of his Yeah, movies. so he's yeah. like, the, he plays a chef, and then they're like, hey dude, you gotta go get your brother, because he's like way into the weave in Mexico, and he's like, yeah dude, whatever, I'll go get him. Then he gets into it, and they call the brother, and they're like, yo, the two of you have to leave Mexico. And they're like, no, dude, revolution is now. <laughs> and then the two of them are leading a fucking revolution. <laughs> throwing bot Molotov cocktails. Molotov cocktails <laughs> at these motherfuckers so that they can get better pay. Good for them. And the best part, well, maybe the shittiest part, is how they resolve this conflict, is they find out... Just, they're asking for $36,000. Not per person, these workers. Just in general. Total. Yeah. Which apparently equaled out to like $3.50 a week. Yes. Which is more than what they were being paid before. Yeah. And so then the Ocean Boys just decided to pay them off. Yeah. But the crazy part is, is that the Ocean Boys, again, have such a big budget for all this. They're throwing out... Ooh, I almost just whacked something. <laughs> I'm so sorry, CJ. You're good. Anyway, they're throwing out like... $100,000 in checks and cash, like left and right in these little envelopes. Dude, just give them the $100,000 and make these fucking workers' there lives. You go, right? Holy shit, George Clooney. You're like, oh, $36,000? It's pocket change. If it were me, I'd and be like. They said they made a joke of it. Yeah, they made a joke of it. If I was George Clooney, I'd be like, well, fuck these guys. Like, I'll give them another. Because he's giving out, again, he's giving out $100,000 in cash, in little envelopes, to fucking everyone. People are literally being like, hey, George Clooney, like, it's really okay. I, I don't deserve this money. And he's like, take it. Come on. You're mm -hmm. like my buddy. Like, just send him the money, George. We are now at seven boys. Seven boys. The next one is Livingston. Livingston is Ogie. He is the tech guy, but he's like struggling with tech. There are two tech men. We'll get to the other tech ocean. But he's like, I guess the the underdog tech guy and he's kind of nerdy and he's kind of bumbling and awkward and he gets caught later but that was they're kind of all techies and they all also understand chinese yes which well i guess because their one friend speaks chinese which brings us to the ninth one the other uh, this man i do not know his name but he's a chinese uh acrobat okay chinese so chinese acrobat he is an acrobat he is uh sassy i guess um Everybody thinks he's cool, and I guess he used to be a movie star, because at one point, they're like... 
a performer of some sort. Yeah. Like a world-renowned like, performer. They're like, do this stunt. And he's like, I can't do this stunt. And he's like, what are you talking about? Everybody saw you do even crazier in front of thousands of audience members. And he goes, yeah, it was CGI. I was like, wait, is this guy a, like an actor? Like, I guess if you, if there's like a world, if not world-renowned, but if there's like a very famous Chinese actor in America, I guess like we wouldn't. He, he was more on, like, the acrobatic sort of thing. I guess, like, he's a famous stuntman. In the first movie, I distinctively remember him being put in a very tiny box. Whoa. And he was put in a very tiny box, and he was snuck into a place, like, by a he cart dolly. He was a small man, but still, And so then he was scary. able to open up and dodge through, like, lasers or shit like that. Crazy. I was disappointed because I, CJ was like, that's the acrobat. And yeah. I was like, I'm ready for acrobatics! And he literally just jumped across a couple platforms and then was like... That's it. And I was like, oh, okay. We have two left. Number 10. Okay. Bernie Mac. Bernie Mac. Don't know his name either. Bernie Mac. Um, not gonna lie. Didn't have much of a character, I guess. Yeah. He uh, sold these dominoes and was like, buy my rigged dominoes. Now it was Bernie Mac. <laughs> well, yeah. It was because his part in this movie, his role was necessary because they wanted, they had three minutes and 20 seconds to get every last bit of money they can mm-hmm. out from Al Pacino's character mm-hmm. while the s- security server was being shut down mm-hmm. or rebooted. We'll talk about this later. And so we'll get back into that depth. later. The last character. Don't know his name either. It's the old man. Okay. Old man's character. Okay. So old man does science? Did the old man do the science? I don't know. He did a lot of acting and he had the dog thing. He, but that was okay, it. I so old man he was also sent didn't do a lot. in no. He was sent in to pretend to be a casino critic because Al Pacino's character is like obsessed with getting like a five diamond rating on his casino because all of his other ones have it. So they decide, well, we're gonna send in this plant in to constantly be like praising Al Pacino and be like Al Pacino you're doing such a great job with your hotel like I'm the five star guy to like make him feel comfortable when in actuality the real five star guy is there not telling anybody he's a five star guy and they're making his life a living hell so that he could rate it like zero diamonds or whatever so he put on this delightful British accent and had a delightful stereotypical British looking suit and then he had he like rigged up a little speaker to sound like uh like a little dog when somebody yeah. came near like his bag so that nobody would touch his bag filled with poisons or the bed bugs <laughs> or bed bugs because george clooney and oh no it was the it was the smellings thing. yeah so like he he put a some sort of concoction in a cup and then it made smelly smoke i don't know this okay so Hear, hear us out, guys. This movie had a lot of going on. And oh, and Eddie Izzard was an ocean. No, he was not. He was not an ocean? He he was not. Oh. We, we got through the he 11. He was friends of the oceans. He was kind of an enemy. Yeah. Was but, he? Yeah. Eddie Izzard wasn't an enemy. Eddie Izzard was the guy with the gun. No, the Eddie Izzard was Roman. Oh, that was Eddie Izzard. Yeah, Eddie Izzard oh, was the friend that oh, was oh, like... Oh, 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 I don't know why they were like, we gotta sell Eddie Izzard on this. Was Eddie Izzard... Was he the one funding it? No, they had a problem. So, okay. at the very beginning of the movie, it for a good chunk of time, maybe like 10, 20 minutes, was... George Clooney kind of talking about 
their plan. I would say it was about 10 minutes. Yeah, yeah, it was a long time because it kept interspersing with the shots of them doing it. Yeah. And he's telling this to Roman, Eddie Izzard. Yeah. And because he went to Roman because there was a problem. And the problem was Oh, the security system. And Roman was was friends with the guy... Who made the security system? The, okay. The whole plan for this heist. Yeah. Because now we can get, get into the plot. Now we can get into the plot. So, the plot is, we already got this before, they're going to fuck over Al Pacino character, Willie yes. Banks, because he fucked over one of the Ocean Boys. Yes. So, in order to do this. Old Man Ocean. Willie Bank is opening this new casino, now as the sole owner without the without Ocean. Without his Without friend. Ruben. Without, his, without Ruben the Ocean Man. Mm-hmm. They are going to do this whole heist where they are going to get the system down and while the system is being rebooted, it has 3 minutes and 20 seconds. And during that time, they already would have everyone in place and all the necessary actions dealt with to have every single type of game pay out super, super more frequent than before. Yeah, so basically everybody's going to win. A lot. Which means that they're going to drain... All of the money we're from talking, the casino. We're talking slots. Yes. Blackjack. They rigged roulette. Every, crafts, like the dominoes. Yes. The they rigged all of the most popular games um, in a casino. So like the slot, like you said, the slot machines, the blackjack, the they didn't do poker, which I thought was interesting. Yeah. And also, I'm not gonna lie. The casinos in Atlantic City that I've been to have a lot of those, like, um... Video electronics. The stuff. electronic ones, no, but there's, like, always, like, the, um, the Asian ga- gambling section. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And in my experience, every time I go, they're always fucking packed. Like, that's, like, the busiest part of the casino. True. They should have rigged that. You are completely right. They should have yeah. rigged it. And so, this whole first part is, uh, Danny Ocean... Describing the preparation, getting everyone up to this part. Yes. What they haven't figured out yet is how to get the system down. That's why they needed Roman. Yes. So, before we move on, this is how they get everyone in place. Livingston. Boom. I'm going to try my best. This is going to be m- me talking a lot right here because I'm going to try to replace my steps. This is going to sound really out of place and and convoluted, but that's what the movie is. That's what the movie is. The movie selectively gives us information and like with the whole whole movie, I'm, we yeah. had no idea why they were in Mexico. I'm not gonna lie, I am not particularly smart. <laughs> so, like when it comes to um, ingesting visual media, I have to like take some time to think about it and then like actually register it. I'm. I was explaining to CJ that a lot of the times I watch movies when I like them, my brain just kind of. Like, the critical thinking part of my brain just kind of shuts down mm-hmm. and is like, we're along for the ride, and we're going to just d- immerse ourselves fully into what's happening. So, like, a lot of this movie, I was like, I don't know what this plan is. I don't know what we're doing here. I don't know why this is happening, but I'm loving every second of it. <laughs> so, here's the heist. We got... Livingston. Livingston is the guy who's going to be taking over Blackjack. He's going to get hired to work there. And in order to get hired to work there, they had to take a thumbtack and put it in his shoe and stab himself with the thumbtack every time he took a fucking lie detector test so his EKG scans appeared normal. Dude. (laughs) That's just the start of this. The commitment already. (laughs) And so he gets hired to be one of the Blackjack dealers. And as the Blackjack dealer, he had to go and... 
initially think of a way and think of a program to always pay out people during these three minutes with 20s or 21s and have the banker pay out with something that busts. Then, moving on, they got to get the slot machines. The slot machines were going to be easy because it's all going to be on the system that they can just blow up and rig doing a certain way. They did a combination between Virgil and Livingston. They're all kind of techies, and so it just someone took that place no matter what happened. This whole time, Don Cheadle, the cockneyed, uh, accented man here, is building a fucking tunnel. A chunnel. A chunnel? Why do they call it a chunnel? I don't know. A Cheadle tunnel. Yeah, oh. Okay, yeah. I, I know that's not it, but I so, like that. He's building a... T- he's making a tunnel like underneath. Like a drill! He's got a drill! Because this is <laughs> their exit strategy. This was a way for them to get access, I think, somewhere okay. to the stop machines. Yes. But this was their exit strategy. So basically, they the surveillance AI is so advanced that it can literally pinpoint the people that are winning... And look into their pupils and t- yeah. and recognize their heart, uh, their their blood pressure and their heart levels, which is insane. All bullshit. All BS. All BS. Two thousand seven did not know what they were talking absolutely about. Absolutely not. I don't no. think they, they don't got that shit now. No, in they don't. Two thousand seven was high on their own. Ooh, they were they were feeling so good. <laughs> that housing crash did not hit them yet, baby. We were we had our fucking eyes to the sky. The housing crash was the real oceans movie. <laughs> we were. We were moving yeah. on up. Man, if that housing crash didn't happen, who knows? Maybe we'd be colonizing the moon right now. We don't know. According to 2007. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, so this... Um, <laughs> anyway. This surveillance uh, mechanism, Roman says the only way that will shut it down is if there is some sort of weather event or, like, catastrophic event that will... Trigger it to shut off and reboot in an emergency. That's not what did it, though. I don't think. No, that is. The first time. The first time. So, they create a drill. A a fucking drill to dig under the... Mm -hmm. Under Las Vegas to hit a fault line, I guess. yes, yes, yes. And then to just make a little bit, a little shaky shake to make the system think that... It was an emergency situation so that they could reboot it and I guess override it and be like, it's not really an emergency situation. Also, to solidify that everybody was able to get out with their money, they sent in Brad Pitt in this crazy wig and mustache and like crocodile dundee outfit to go to al pacino and be like hey man i'm like this crazy hippie scientist and i'm telling you that you have to shut your casino down and al pacino's like i'm not gonna shut my casino down that's bullshit and he's like well man you're like on a fault line and basically if an earthquake happens your entire casino is gonna collapse so he's like all right fine i guess to avoid any lawsuits let's create and a, uh, an evacuation plan yes. just in case an earthquake happens. So there's actually three kind of different heists happening. There's yes. The, there's the heist to get as much money out of Al Pacino's pockets. There's yes. the heist to make him lose his five star. Yes. And then there's a the heist to get the actual five diamonds that he owns. Yes, because so, every time he gets a five diamond award, he mm-hmm. buys his wife 
a five diamond necklace, but then displays it. If yeah, I was the wife, I'd be like, know. I want it. I don't know. So let's continue with the heist of losing as much money as possible. We have the exit strategy. Yes. During the chaos of this earthquake tremble, everyone's going to be leaving and they can't go back and do through the exit evacuation plan. Yes. We have Livingston there that's planting the blackjack side of things. What yes, he's rigging blackjack dealing uh, yes. machines. And the slot machines are also being rigged as well by Virgil, Livingston, all the other tech guys. Yes. Because they had a certain combination where they put in one coin... Wait a beat, put in two coins certain certain amount of time yeah. in order for it to pay out. And one woman, a random person, won like $36 million. Yes, because, because they themselves wouldn't be the ones to win because then the surveillance would see would them. Would see it while it's live. So they would put in every single combination, every little bit of the combination except for the last coin. Mm-hmm. They would just kind of leave the last coin on the thing so that the it, it next person... back per- door. Yeah, so that the next person to go on to the machine would just place the thing in and automatically win the first time that they go. The last part of the heist of getting Al Pacino's money is the... Crabs tables, the roulette tables, that kind of thing. And the dominoes. And the dominoes. Okay, so let's do the dominoes first. The dominoes was something that was kind of added. It was just to really get another man inside on the floor. On the, on the floor. Yes. This was Bernie Mac's whole this thing. This was Bernie Mac's whole thing. He was quote unquote selling these rigged dominoes, but he's at a game expo. At a game expo that was happening at that casino. It just there's so many conveniences. Like, oh, it just so happens they're having an expo that day. So Al Pacino comes in and he's trying to sell it to him and he's like, hey, listen, this pays the the house wins like 20% of the time or something crazy like that. And then Al Pacino's like, it sounds like bullshit. I'm not gonna do it. But Al Pacino's casino rival whom the ocean men have recruited to their team because he also wants to see this guy taken down because he doesn't want any fucking um, competition with his casino. He comes in as a plant and is like, well, I'm going to use it. I'm going to pay top dollar for it and I'm going to have exclusive rights and you can't have it. And And Al Pacino is all like, you know what? No. Yeah. I'm going to have it. It's going to be center stage on my floor opening night. Yeah. And everybody's like, and Bernie Mac's like, Oh, My work right. here is done. And so there's Bernie Mac planted. Yes. Then we got the craps and the roulette. Yeah. This is how they were able to make those cheatable. This is where Mexico this comes in. This is where in. the Mexico comes in. We were in. trying to figure this out for a long time. So. So much. Weighted dice and roulette balls. Yes. The dice were already made. They they In Mexico with the plastics, they did something to the... They added, the I think, magnetic, magnets. Oh. They added some sort of magnetic quality okay. Okay. to the dice so that they had these cool lighters yeah. that they would flick, but instead of it, instead of a flame coming out, it would flip the dice. Yes. And it would always come on to snake eyes. Or double sixes. Or double sixes. And so that was for craps. And for roulette, they had weighted balls. They had weighted that, balls. Uh, they timed appropriately that they would get exchanged during this minute the three minutes when they would take it down. Yes. The weighted balls were able to get within three numbers of that's how close they were able to yeah. get. Yeah. Which, this is a little bit of bullshit because if it's three numbers, I don't know how they're going to be able to do it because you never know when it's going to be able to land, yeah. where they're throwing it and all that, if it's a weighted ball. Yeah. But he said the the person running it at the time was uh, the Chinese man. And he said, 
11, 12, and 13. That's what he bet yeah. $10 million on. Oh my god, Ocean's 11, 12, and 13? So it's a reference to that, but it also doesn't make sense in a roulette stance because none of the numbers are together. Mm-hmm. So 11, 12, and 13 are all in different places on the board. Even yeah. though they hit, they win My the money. thinking would be it would be another magnet thing. Like you would put like Maybe. a magnet yeah. in the weighted ball and it would always be drawn to one of those numbers. But that's it. That's That was their heist of getting them to getting Al Pacino to lose all that money. Yes, and so they also had old the other old man ocean as the plant to ruin his opportunity to get the diamonds and they had linus matt damon there to go and steal the diamonds and to seduce al pacino's right hand man to distract her so that he can swipe the diamonds so then let's now go into how they they ensured that willie banks al pacino never got his new five star diamonds yes so they like i said they planted one of the old men oceans, not the one that's that the they're old getting man. revenge for. The old the man. The old man who's always dressed like he's on vacation. Mm-hmm. He's always got like a bucket hat and a big va- and like a vacation shirt on. They put a toupee on him and they make him a British man. Yes. <laughs> and he pretends to be this like jovial British man who is obviously the five diamonds. Winner. They, like, make a copy of, like, the five diamonds thing. He sneezes. He drops the the booklet on the ground that yeah, clearly says right, five diamonds. Right in front of Al Pacino's right-hand lady. Uh, the reason why they know who and when the real critic is supposed to be there is because George Clooney... George Clooney or Brad Pitt? I don't remember. One of them made a connection with, like, the, front, the head front desk lady... At this casino and was like, listen, I know you're the head front desk lady, but I can make you like a manager of this crazy, amazing uh, hotel in like Macau and then slid her another hundred thousand dollars. But you can't do that to the Mexican for the Mexicans. Whatever. Yeah. I Whatever, know. George. Right. So he like sweetens the deal. So she's like, well, I know exactly when he's coming. I know what he looks like. Whatever. So she spots the real guy behind the fake guy. They, uh, Al Pacino's right-hand lady, what was her name? Abby. Sonder. Abby Sonder? Yes. Um, they t- she's like, everybody go give attention to the British guy. And so the critic, which, and this is the thing, I know that critics want to be anonymous. However, this man did not make any reservations for himself. And he didn't, like, make any sort of accommodations. Like, if it's, you're, it's almost like he wanted to feel the pain. Like, he wanted to feel the pain. Like, this is a soft opening of a grand, like, the grand opening of an incredible hyped-up casino. So, you would think that a person who is looking to give a five-diamond rating... They're there to give reviews for the rich people. They're not there for the commoners. Mm-hmm. So you would make the accommodations to be at the front of the line and to have reservations to the best restaurants and to have the biggest room and et cetera, et cetera. Like, you wouldn't tell them that you're a critic. You don't have to. You can just pretend that you're just some rich rando. Yeah, yeah. So part right. of this was his fault. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> But this poor dude. This poor dude. He this gets poor his bastard. Shit kicked in, dude. He really does. Oh. So first, he gets pissed off because the British man gets taken away, and he goes, "Why do I get taken? Why does he get taken away, and I have to wait in line?" Somebody's like, "Well, he's a VIP," and he's like, "What am I not a VIP?" So she, uh, the front desk lady, puts him in like this 
shit room that beforehand, before he got there, George Clooney and Brad Pitt went to that specific room and literally and figuratively bugged the place. Uh, yeah. Put bugs in the, uh, bed bugs in the bed. They put some sort of poison itchy powder on his towels. The poor dude. They put, they put like smelling salts in there to make him smell bad. They planted bad fish in his food so that he would get sick. Like the man was, was having a horrible was having time. A terrible time. And he did nothing wrong. He really didn't. He didn't deserve this. But he was just... And the thing was, there was a scene where... I forget who the other character was. I think it was the chef guy. Yes, Virgil's was, brother. Yeah, he was like, I really feel bad about this. I don't want to do this. And old man ocean was like well sometimes you have to sometimes you have collateral damage for stuff like this and then the poor man was collateral damage yeah yeah they tortured the fuck out of this dude and so they, and in doing so they ensured that they this ensured, casino would not be getting the five oh, star absolutely the five not dime. they like had him he wanted to go to like a restaurant he's like i heard your guys this risotto was great and we're all booked up yeah and they're like we're all booked we can't up take anymore again Hawkins. dude you're a critic make reservations for yourself you don't have to be a critic to make reservations by yourself i have made reservations to eat at restaurants by myself yeah we can't take you yeah no you're not allowed in here so they're like perhaps we can uh, suggest the asian fusion place whatever oh, yeah, it was yeah, yeah. um Across the way, which I think that guy was a plant too. Well, no, it, it, at the very end of that scene, you see Brad Pitt or someone else, maybe it was um, Danny Ocean, slip that man money into his pocket. Oh, he was oh just of, paid course, off. of course, of course. Another $100,000. It wasn't a hundred. It, this one, it was one was maybe a hundred bucks, okay? Uh, it was slipped in the pocket. You can't put a hundred grand in the pocket. I don't know, man. I don't know. Maybe there was a little... There was multiple pocket action <laughs> yeah, that we just, didn't see. We didn't see the back pocket. The he, back pocket, he, he the front pockets, mm. the inner pockets, the front <laughs> pockets on the jacket. Long story short, <laughs> this poor critic... Eats it. He eats fucking it. eats it, dude. And so, boom. Two out of the three checked. Yes. They were going to just leave it at this. Yes. But they, needed- they ran out of money. And they need... Is that why they... They ran out of money. They ran out of money. Oh, wow. I wonder why, George. Yes. They ran out of money. It's a very so expensive this con. Is, this is what caused the Ocean Boys to go to one of their former rivals in the previous movies. And who was a competing casino. Uh, so was man. he from one of the previous movies? I believe so. I don't remember. But yeah. Okay. He could have been the one from Eleven. That could be fun. Yeah. And so he gets in on it. Give some investment, expecting to double back his money. And they're like, "Listen, we're getting rid of the competition for you. Um, whatever, we'll we'll give you like some of the profits." And so he ensures that he's the last one to put in money, the first one to get money back out. Yes. His one piece of criteria that needs to be met ah. is for them to acquire and just take away the actual physical diamonds yes. from Willie Banks because. He doesn't want them. He just wants Billy to not have them yes. because that's the only thing that brings him joy in life. Yes. He loves his diamonds. And so he's like, I don't want this bitch to have them no more. So. But which up to this point, both the two, Rusty and Danny, were just saying. Oh. Every ocean, every ocean boy was like, 
it's not possible to get these diamonds. It's not possible. It's, it's impossible to get literally the impossible. It's like they're so secured and locked up. There's no way to go in. And they even tried to talk the the rival casino yeah. man out. And they're like, dude, like, can we literally do anything else? And the guy was like, no, you can uh, eat my ass. And they were like, well, fuck, I guess so. So this is what happens. I don't know how they. The one thing I don't remember is how they prepped it before the opening night. The whole circle thing. You know what I'm talking about? Oh, they... They... I don't know how helicopters work, but they put stuff... So basically, the way that that this vault of diamonds was installed was... I'm assuming during construction, they lowered it in into the ceiling. Okay, yes. And just sealed it on top. Sure. So, they hooked up a bunch of helicopter equipment. Like, like it was big, thick cables. Yeah, like big, thick cables They prepped that ahead stuff. of time, being sneaky about it. Yes, and prepped that ahead of time so that I guess a helicopter could hook up to it. The other thing out. they did in preparation was have their acrobatic man. Yes. Um, He is now in the casino being portrayed as some multi-million dollar uh, realtor. Yes, yes, Mr. Wang. And... He have they have him because he's a small man. He's the acrobat. Yes. Go into the elevator shafts that are going a fucking yeah ludicrous speed. Shit. Ludicrous speed. Terrifying. I just watched Spaceballs the other day, and now I'm thinking about ludicrous speed. <laughs> yeah. Ludicrous speed. Go. They have this man plant uh, explosives at certain points, so when the moment comes, they can explode and release these this giant diamond case container yes what did what did brad pitt call them cat when we catch him in the eye or something like that catch him in the eye i don't remember it was something stupid clap him in the eye yeah i don't know some shades like when we clap him in the eyes meaning like the when he meaning like the explosives he was like oh we're gonna clap him in the eye or some shit like that i was like that's not an expression brad that's gross but the main way they were able to get these diamonds was through Linus, yes. Matt Damon's character. He finally has a purpose. glorious nose. Yes. Everybody kept making fun of his nose, and his dad apparently called and asked about the nose. And George Clooney and Brad Pitt, he was like, did he ask about the nose? And they're like, yeah. He's like, did you say that the nose played? The nose did well? And they're like, yeah, the nose did well, bud. It's a hideous nose. So, Matt Damon is Mr. Chang's uh right hand man yeah he's his interpreter his interpreter yes he is now by himself and he's having abigail saunder come up who is willie banks right hand woman yes he puts on the pheromones yes it, the it gilroy says the gilroy yeah i don't know what that the gilroy <laughs> was a reference to something else oh. un- unmovie related oh okay yeah because he put on put like the pheromone on his neck with like a uh tweezers yes and then all of a sudden the movie paused and then there was like a caption on the side of it that said the gilroy and i was like the what the who but these were some strong pheromones you could see it they literally they shot it in which it looked like they like cgi'd like like this not i wouldn't say smoke it looked like physical fumes. smell yeah like fumes Ooh. coming from like his neck and her literally breathing it in i was like gross it was freaky it was that weird. one was it a was freaky really psychedelic trippy. scene but abigail saunder yeah is immediately taken by it immediately hit by these pheromones she is instantly wet yeah ew i'm sorry but like 
she, I mean, you're not wrong, but I was just not expecting that word. It was like it was ter- it was, she was terrifying inst- how strong those pheromones were. Horny. She was instantly horny. I, I had to ask Alexa if there was actually pheromones yes. like, in this world with those capabilities. Oh no, not with those capabilities. I mean, maybe there are. Like, I'm not a scientist. I'm, I'm I, sure you. That can, is very alarming. I'm sure how I, if you're like a chemist, be. you can make pheromones or something. Um, but you can buy pheromones. You, like, you can buy, like, pheromone-laced, like, stuff. Okay, Google. I want to buy pheromones. <laughs> Google's gonna be like, why? It just took me to the nearest Walgreens. Can you buy pheromones at Walgreens? <laughs> what? I don't, I think she's confused. <laughs> I think she's confused. Also... It's open till 11. Oh, shit, we gotta go, dude. Yeah. We gotta buy pheromones. Also, I totally yeah. forgot that your cardboard cutout of Harry Truman was behind me, and I turned around, and I was like, fuck! You know what I also forgot about? What? We had Al Pacino right behind him as well, as Scarface. Holy shit, as Scarface! Yeah. Oh my god, Al Pacino, it was like he was here with us. It was us. meant to be. It was meant to be. So. Anyway. <laughs> Linus, pheromoned up, yeah. has poor Sonder at his beck and call. Yeah, and, she, and, and basically his plan is like, I'm just gonna have her lead me to the diamond room because it's empty and it's the only empty place here so they can actually get it on yes and so she's like i want to fuck now and he's like okay let's go somewhere and he like puts on this whole thing to make her feel bad and it's like um you know i'm when i'm with mr wang he's like yeah mr wang was supposed to be here but i kind of just like i kind of recommended yes. that he go to the casino and play and play some games so that I can feel alone because sometimes when I'm like a right hand man like I just feel so trapped and she's like I too feel trapped and I'm also horny and I love you and so she's he's like seducing her at one point this was a good shot at one point he's like she turns around and he pours himself a drink and he tries to drink it yeah. with a bad note, with a big nose, and he can't drink it. So he, he like has to shove the whole glass in his mouth. The flute had it like it arced under oh, the nose. Oh, it was so funny. So um, they're taking up to the diamond room. Yes, yeah, so she takes him up to the dining to the di- to dining the, the diamond. Did I say dining room? I said dining room. I might have also said dining room. Oh, we meant diamond room. Yeah, we did. The diamond room is the only place that's empty, and she is so horned up that she's like let me turn off the security cameras (laughs) so that nobody can see us fucking yeah and he's like yeah okay sure and i don't know i guess matt damon's full plan was not to fuck i guess his plan was to just leave because as soon as she's like we're going to fuck she like accidentally spills white wine on him and she's like i have to get these off they're going to state and he's like it's white wine it's not going to she's like no i have to take these off and he's like all a little flustered i'm like Matt Damon, you put on these crazy pheromones. Were you not expecting to fuck? Yeah, like, right? This was your whole job. And so uh, he is trying his best to calm her down as she actually takes off his pants too. Mm-hmm. And that's when the FBI come in. Yes, because earlier in the movie, um, Abby Sonner calls the FBI and is like, hey, remember when you gave us all a class on like fraud, like spotting fraud in casinos? He was like... Yeah, and she's like, I need your help with something like this. So the FBI is in the casino. They actually get Livingston, and they mm-hmm. notice that he has been rigging the games, so they arrest him. He's arrested. He's out of the fucking, he's out of the picture right now. Yeah. But he smiles as if he knows something. So then FBI bursts into the diamond room, 
And Matt Damon's literally caught with his pants down. <laughs> You're <laughs> and, right. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and so he's like, "You're under arrest," and explains to to Abby like what his plan was because he's like placing like explosives, yeah, like while she's not looking around the diamonds. And so the FBI comes in and they're like, "He's been." He's been planning on switching the diamonds. And he's, like, got fake diamonds, like, under his shirt, like, attached to him. And he's like, oh, my God, I'm so fucking stupid. How could I do this? I'm going to lose my job. Like, oh, my goodness. Um, And then the FBI is like, Matt Damon, you're coming with me. And then they arrest Matt Damon. They take him off. Yes. But this is where we find out. Yes. That the FBI man is his dad? Question mark. Or works for his Yeah, like they I make, don't know. He makes so he takes him out, um, he takes him into an elevator, and then as soon as the elevator doors close, Matt Damon takes the handcuffs off and he's like, Oh dude, like, did you really have to rip my fake nose off? It was so good. And he's like, I told you the fake nose was dumb, and he's like, It was a fucking play. It was great. And so I was like, like it was reminiscent of what he was talking about, how what him and his father were talking about yeah. earlier. So I was like, is that his dad? Like, is his dad an FBI plant? It was definitely an inside man. Definitely Someone an that we man. hadn't seen before. Mm-hmm. So we think it might be have to do with the dad of some sort. It's either his dad or someone who works for his dad. Mm-hmm. Um, Either way. Yes. They now are walking out of this building. It's outside, but on like a rooftop. Yes. Helicopter pad. Don Cheadle, my Don man Cheadle. Basher, is coming down, getting Basher. ready. Basher comes in, homeboy is flying this helicopter, and he's like, in waiting, basically, he's like slowly making his way to like rescue Matt Damon, and then all of a sudden this Frenchman comes out of nowhere, and he has like, to be from a previous movie, he has to be from I a think previous so. Movie. Or maybe, like, he was in a scene that we just didn't notice because I have really bad white man same face syndrome and, like, a lot of white men. He was connected to the other yeah, antagonist. Yeah, to the other antagonist. So I think he was to, from a different to, movie. To the ex-antagonist. Yes. Rival casino owner. So he's like, give me your diamonds. Ha, ha, ha. <laughs> we baguette. And With then, a gun pointed yes, at them. Yes, and so the FBI guy is like, Give him the diamonds. And so he's like, okay. And then he gives him the gun. And the gun, like, isn't even loaded. He, like, I bamboozled you. Ha, ha, ha. And then he jumps off the building. And that's never resolved. We just see him in another scene. And he's just fine. He he glides down. Oh, he does. He totally glides. Yeah. Like a sugar glider. It's beautiful. (laughs) Um, And so we're like, oh, they didn't get the diamonds. No, just kidding, dude. He never switched them out to begin with. Yes, he never switched them out to begin with. I don't know why that was a fake out. It was like, give me the diamonds. And I was like, are the diamonds downstairs? I was like, he never took the diamonds. Um, so then all of a sudden, Matt Damon is like hooking the roof up to yeah. the fucking um, Helicopter. helicopters. And then all of the explosives that the acrobat planted and he planted go off. And so they're basically able to airlift the diamonds in the entire room it's kept in the entire room it's kept in and just save like the little security tank now how that did it's in. i want to know realistically how they took this helicopter with the diamonds inconspicuous <laughs> and they made it leave yeah. without anyone including without, the cops yes. having anything to because say because the thing is at the end of the movie george clooney is like tapuccino he's like i know you're not going to call the cops because you're a corrupt guy like you're not going to call the cops because that's going to lead attention to you yeah that being said somebody's gonna call 
call the police and be like, hey, there's a helicopter with like a tube attached to it flying away. So we're now at the last bit of the movie where he's talking to Al Pacino. Yes. Boom. We find out he lost almost nearly half a billion dollars yes. in this three minutes span. Because in this uh, earthquake that happens, they make one earthquake happen. And a little, it's a little tremor. And then they're like, it's a little tremor, but it's not hard enough to turn the systems off. Mm-hmm. It's just enough to scare people. So George Clooney's over the walkie and he's telling the brothers, he's like, you guys got to hit it harder. And they were like, okay, we'll hit it harder. And then they cause an actual earthquake to happen. And so like a real earthquake happens and everybody's running out. And after like the earthquake, earthquakes realistically are only a couple seconds long to begin with. Okay. Um, usually. So like the earthquake ends after like a minute, but everybody's evacuating and Al Pacino is telling his employees, he's like, you got to get everybody back in here. Like, what are you doing? The earthquake's over, but he's got to keep done. playing. We're done. And the guy is like, you made an evacuation plan. We have this to stick to it. This is the evacuation plan. And so he's like, fuck, everybody's leaving with my money. So that's half a billion. Lost. Mm-hmm. The Michelin plan. The, 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 I said Michelin to get the Michelin stars. Oh, the Michelin in cooking. stars. Wow. I was like, the, the Michelin man? No, the five diamond. <laughs> yes. As Al Pacino is talking to uh, George, George Clooney, Clooney, he's like, I'm still going to get. You, all you did was make me lose $5 billion or, you know, half a billion dollars. That's nothing, all right? Yeah, I'm, I'm going to get my five star. I make a shit ton of money. I'm going to get my, five, my fifth five star. And he's like, oh, you're going to get your fifth five star. I don't know about that. And then his. The old man ocean comes behind him and he goes like, oh, you're going to get five diamonds, huh? <laughs> Making him know like, oh, that wasn't the man. Yeah, and then he walks away and he's like, fuck. And now poor Al is thinking, at least I have my diamonds. <laughs> and then that is at that moment. <sighs> they all explode. You see them getting airlifted up. Yes. And he's properly, royally fucked Fuck over. over. It was really good. So then later, we see, like, everybody, there was supposed to be, there's, like, a fireworks show at the end of the night. Yeah. Everybody's arm in arm. They're enjoying this fireworks show. They're so happy that the other ocean that was sick and had a stroke. He's back. He's back in business. Everybody's having a good time. High School Musical 2 is happening. (laughs) They're singing You Are the Music in Me. Na, 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 na. Na 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 yeah, you are the music in me. Danny Ocean, no. no. Danny Zuko. Whoa. Whoa. Oh, hey. That's a turning point. There we go. So they're all arm in arm. They're celebrating, and then we see, uh, uh, excuse me, George Clooney go to the rival casino man's place. The one that gave them an investment yes. and insisted that they get the diamonds it as Insisted well. that they get the diamonds and then later sent a Frenchman to steal the diamonds anyway. Yeah, turns out he was the one that sent the Frenchman to kind of yes. fuck them over at the end. So George Clooney goes to him and he's like, I know you sent the Frenchman. And he's like, I don't know what you're talking about. And he's like, you sent the Frenchman and you threatened one of my boys. And uh, that was really uncool of you because we told you we were going to get them and uh, you didn't really trust us and that's very uncool. He's like, so I got you the diamonds and then I donated them. And his payment, his investment. Yes, and all of it. He's like, I donated all of it to a charity and he gave it to Under me. your name. Under your name to like a, a foster children's camp. And so um, 
he's like, I donated all this money in your name. And the guy's like, well, fuck you. I'm not going to do that. And I'm just going to take my money back. And George Clooney's like, you really going to... It's not a good look, though. He's like, you really going to take away... $73 million. $73 million. And then you're going to put all 200 of those orphans back into foster care. Did you know orphans don't have parents? Yeah. Not a good look for you, buddy. Not a good look, honey. So (laughs) he's like, and the guy's like, fuck, I guess you're right. I was royally screwed. What was the end of that line? Oh, you were saying it just before. I know. He said, Now, you know that wasn't our deal. Well, if you feel that strongly about it, then we'll yank the kids out of the camp and we'll send them back to their foster homes. All 200 of them. You think this is funny? Well, Terry, it sure as shit ain't sad. There we go. Well, Terry, it sure it's ain't shit, shit ain't sad. sad. That's such a good That's line. That's so fucking good, oh. dude. That was so good. Um, so then at the end, they show <laughs> that the, the rival casino owner is being interviewed by Oprah. None other than Oprah the Winfrey. Oprah Winfrey <laughs> about like his charitable donation. He's like, I was just really inspired by like these kids and when I went to go visit and if all you, this bullshit. If you just look at them in the eyes, you know, like. Just making up total bullshit. And then we see that Linus and Danny and Rusty are watching this. Uh, from an airport. From an airport. And then the thing is, Linus gets up and he goes, well, I gotta go because my dad is actually letting me in on one of his schemes. So, you know, I'll see you around. And they're like, okay, see you around. But I'm like, you guys all went to the airport together. He didn't say why he was going. Yeah, I don't know. Like, that was a weird that part That was too. so weird. But then Rusty and Danny have their goodbyes. Yeah. And as... Uh, as they were leaving, yeah, they in- encounter the poor five star man. The poor, the five diamond, the real boy. critic. So George Clooney, Linus leaves. George Clooney's like, well, I, you know what? I'll see you soon. Um, go have some kids. Go settle down. Yeah, go Come be on. a family take man. It, take it easy. Because on. Brad Pitt is like, hey, dude, like maybe. Next time I see you, don't put on so much, so many pounds. And, you know, they're, like, just ribbing each other. And yeah. he's like, well, go have some kids. Deuces. I'm out. I'm George Clooney. So he leaves. And then Brad Pitt's, like, he notices the critic guy go to an airport slot machine, which I guess is a thing in yeah, Vegas. it's totally <laughs> It's thing. totally a thing yeah. in Vegas. So he does the little combination and then looks over to the guy and is like, you know what? He's like, uh, he like drop, quote unquote, drops, drops. coins on the floor yeah. and then leaves. And the critic is like, hey, dude, like you, you dropped all this stuff. And he goes, you know what? You can keep it. I'm running late for my flight anyway. And then he points to the one that he put coins in like the specific way to make it hit. And he goes, I would actually use this machine because I've heard it's been hitting all day. And he's like, oh, okay. So he puts in the last coin in and then he wins $11 million. Which was, yeah, I mean, I'm glad they did that for him. I'm glad. The poor dude deserved it. He deserved it. I mean, they didn't know he was going to be there. And they were perfectly happy. Do you think they did, though? Really, you think? Maybe. Maybe. Well, no, because he, I'm assuming what happened is that 
he left his reservation early because he was talking to the concierge lady, um, the the trap or what is it, the stewardess for the yes, airline. Yes, she yes. he was like, I have to get on this flight, and she's like, I'm sorry, like you're on a wait list. So what I'm assuming is he didn't even have a ticket home. He was like, I have to get on a plane. Maybe now. Yeah. So. I mean, I think they, that the Oceans boys were just perfectly happy just having him be collateral damage. And it was mm-hmm. just a nice thing that uh, Brad Pitt's on. A nice little movie wrap-up. Yes. Bow tie at the end. Yes. And that's the movie. That's the movie. There we go. Wait. We did miss the one part with... Uh, Don Cheadle. Yeah. Okay. Wait. We so have to go back. Would you like to back check? Rewind. <laughs> we're so stupid. <laughs> uh, so... There is one part where the FBI agents, because I'm assuming that even though Lioness's dad, dad's friend, his FBI plant question mark is just a plant, and he's still playing the role of FBI man with his FBI colleagues. Mm-hmm. So he does have these FBI guys arrest Livingston, and they're like, you have to run his prints, and we have to see who he's affiliated with. Don Cheadle's plan is the cartwheel in which <laughs> old man Ocean knows two random two girls. random girls who are just standing around talking about like... Idle things. Idle things. And she's like talking about her career or whatever. Like, yeah, I'm working for this magazine, blah, blah, blah. And they're just talking to each other. And then she gets a call. She goes, hey, so-and-so. Okay, and they just go, and so there's supposed to be some sort of stunt man that's supposed to be at the uh, happening at this grand opening at midnight of this casino, like this stunt man show, kind of like an evil Knievel kind of thing. So this stunt man, these two girls come over and they like go into his trailer and they're like, "Oh, we're press," and so the. Stuntman goes into his trailer, presumably like, who are these ladies coming into my trailer? And I guess they have sex with him? I think so. And that's what the cartwheel is? Gross. Oh, that's the cartwheel? Yeah, that's what I thought the cartwheel was. Okay, yeah. So, while they're having sex with him, the girl shoves the costume outside of the trailer so that Don Cheadle could get in it. Go to Al Pacino's office and do this crazy Chuck Berry impression. With an American accent. With an American accent. And he's like, um, uh, what was his name? Like, Rascal Flats? <laughs> yeah, no, it was totally Rascal. It was, hey, I'm Rascal um, Flats. Rascal, it was either Rascal Flats or Flat Stanley. There's My name is one. Three Doors Down. <laughs> My like, name is Jonas Brothers. Jonas <laughs> Brothers. You can call me Mr. Brothers. <laughs> Oh, please, please. Please. Mr. Brothers was my father. You <laughs> Jonah, can call me Jonas. The Jonas. You can call me The Jonas. Yes, thank you very much. So he's like, I'm so-and-so, I'm Rascal Flats, <laughs> and I need cash right now, up front. And Al Pacino's like, I'm not going to pay you cash up front. And he's like, does this whole crazy impression. He's got he's red, just, white, and blue right? paint on his teeth. This whole shtick has a whole hairdo difference. And he, has, he changed his hair, and he's got crazy sideburns now. All of this. Just so Al Pacino Al doesn't Pacino look at the security doesn't camera. Doesn't look at the security camera that's going through a database of each of their photos, what? so he doesn't turn around. So this already has. This to gets take more it ridiculous. Yeah, this it gets, gets more, more ridiculous. It, but you already have to have the timing. Don Cheadle has to know <laughs> exactly when this database is going to be going through their photos, bust in, do this crazy 
improv moment right? for God knows how long while the brothers are now in the... They're in the tunnel. In the tunnel. Virgil and his brother. With internet access. Oh, that's a good point. And they are... Just hook up a laptop. Yeah, they hook up a laptop, a laptop and they're somehow in the FBI database and now they are going <laughs> and changing their... Photoshopping their photos so that they don't look like... Their original photos. It looked ridiculous. It was so crazy. First of all, how long is that taking? 2007. We need to talk to you. How long is that taking? Also, wouldn't it just be easier for you to just delete the photos? Uh, Apparently not. Like, are you just doing this for the drama of it all? I think they all just love being in the drama of it. Like, the drama of it all. And and Don Cheadle and, like, Al Pacino is, like... Sometimes, like, kind of going to turn around and Don Cheadle's like, wait, 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 I have this crazy thing to say. But Don Cheadle's constantly looking to the side of Al Pacino, like, very uh. obviously. If I was Al Pacino, I'd be like, dude, what are you looking over at? Like, They love being messy. They love being messy bitches that live for mm-hmm. the drama. Oh, yeah, 100%. And so they're literally changing their photos. And um, Don Cheadle, I guess, notices that finally... All of their um, photos have cycled through and have been changed. So he's like, you know what? I'm just kidding. I'm going to go out and I don't need money anymore. And like just fucking did. He just leaves. And then Al Pacino's like, that was weird. And then he just like calls the FBI person. He's like, yeah, I've been watching it this whole time. (laughs) Like what? And also there's this weird plotline about this gold Samsung cell phone. Which I thought was going to play a bigger role. I think it did. Did? Here's my here's what I think. Ready? Okay. So, the gold cell phone was brought to them. Okay. I think the gold cell phone was a contributor to what took down the system. You think? I think so. Because they said in the beginning of the movie, you need some sort of... Catastrophic meta- event. Yes. Or some sort of like uh, meta, some sort of metal, metabolic, sort of, yeah, some like sort of magne- object, magnetic, yeah, yeah. And so I think it was at that time that brought him into the security yeah. was Linus mm-hmm. and all that. So when he was brought into that room, he had that maybe effect with the phone. With the phone, I think maybe, maybe? I'm not sure. I thought it was Samsung product placement. <laughs> you thought it was just straight up Samsung product placement. They kept talking about Samsung, and I was like, oh, I guess it's just product placement. Maybe. And then I totally forgot. The what phone was so ugly. I totally forgot what cell phones looked like in 2007. Oh my and I god! It and I was like, oh yeesh. It's weird thinking about how far away we that had was. those. Let's see. Twelve years old. I was in fifth grade. I had. I had a razor. I had an. You had a razor? I had a razor. Living my dream, dude. I had a Nokia brick. I had a razor. I don't know if it was that, at that point I had a razor, but I definitely had a razor. No, I my first phone was a no, one of those Nokia bricks, those ones that don't die for anything. Mm-hmm. That was my first cell phone. I got it in fifth grade because um, I did a lot of extracurriculars and my parents were so sick of basically showing up to my extracurriculars that always ran late and just sitting in the car and waiting. So they were like, just call me when you're done. <laughs> My first phone was before the the one before the razor. It was just a really bad flip phone, mm-hmm. and I got it for Christmas in fourth grade. Ooh. And I remember distinctly. This is what put. This is what really you know, put the nail in the casket for me not believing in Santa Claus anymore. Oh, no. Because I didn't want to say anything at the time, but of my course. grandma 
also received the same exact phone in the same exact box. Oh, no. And I'm like, okay, yeah. Santa's not real. My dad did it uh, against my mother's wishes. He went out on Christmas Eve. Because my dad was like, we should just get her a cell phone. She wants a cell phone. She needs a cell phone. My mom's like, she doesn't need a cell phone. She's in fifth grade. Then she ended up, once I had it, she's like, wow, this is very convenient. But at the time, she's like, she doesn't need a cell phone. Mm -hmm. Christmas Eve, before my dad came home from work, he stopped on his way home at the Nextel store. Mm. So we had Nextel at the time. Uh, He went to the Nextel store and he got me a phone. Didn't tell my mom he put it in a giant bag <laughs> and put a bunch of like uh, tissue paper in it, yeah, whatever. Yeah, yeah. And the next morning, I opened it, and she goes, she, and I was like, "Oh my god, you got me a cell phone!" And my mom was like, "Yeah." And then she's like, "You got her a fucking cell phone." That's really good. And he was like, "Yeah." Good job. <laughs> so Dad. that was my first phone, and then after that, dude, I had an Envy too. Mm. And then after that, I had an Envy Touch. The Envies were the pinnacle of cell phones. <laughs> Envies. <laughs> And sidekicks. Sure. I, I will know. I will da- go to my grave saying that. All Envies right. and sidekicks. Envy 2 slash Envy Touch and a sidekick were the best cell phones ever made. I'll have to take your word for Thank it. Thank you. All right. And maybe razors just because they were cool. Imagine being a kid and trying to pull off a heist like this at like school. <laughs> that would like, be... I feel like that would be such a cool thing. I would love to see a heist movie. A kid heist movie? Like A teenager a... maybe? Teenager... Or, like, middle school? Because teenager heist movie, like, you could kind of attribute that to, like, Spring Breakers or even The Bling Ring. Even though The Bling Ring wasn't that good, it was I have no idea what either of those were. Have you heard of Spring Breakers? No. Spring Breakers is a legitimately good movie. Uh, James Franco is in it. Vanessa Vanessa Hudgens is in it. Selena Gomez is in it. High School Musical. Yeah, kind of. Except it's very inappropriate. It was like kind of like their breakout. High School Musical 3. It was kind of like the fuck Disney. This is our breakout kind of role. Okay. It was... The first time I watched it, I was like, I do not get this movie. And I don't understand it. And it's weird. And it's bad. And then I watched it again. And I was like, wait, I think this is... This is a good movie. Um, And it's about like these four girls that go to... Probably, I think like Miami or some shit like that for spring break and then wacky hijinks ensue and then they end up like robbing a place with real guns oh god and then two of the girls go home and then the other two girls get like linked up with James Franco who's like this crazy drug dealer with dreads and he's like he talks like this he goes sprang brag <laughs> and then they have a threesome with him it's oh. crazy it's a crazy movie it's like okay. very it's one of those movies that's like um one of those like experience movies like you just watch it to experience the ride sure. with them and you're like yeah. oh shit the bling ring uh wasn't a good movie but it's based off of a true story of these teenagers that robbed rich people's houses okay and, yes what i was thinking of was this but just put in the scale of like a middle school i was where, thinking that too where like, that would be fun let's say for instance instead of ruben getting fucked over by an, uh, another casino man, one of their buddies got pulled into detention or got suspended. Yeah, and they're like, got it. They want to fuck over like a mean teacher. He's, or something. he's failing a class and want to, they need to go back into the system and make it into an A so his parents can let him out. Yeah, and then they have this whole thing ensue. Yeah, that would be so right? fun. Nobody steal our idea. Listen, 
Jason Siegel and Jason Seagal, we knew that you were trying to steal our, our, our script from our Knocked Up episode. I know you're listening again, and you're not going to steal this script either. You know what? While we're talking about listeners... Oh, no. I want to talk about the Australians that are here. Oh, my gosh. So our analytics say that we have Australian listeners every week. How do we say hello in Australian? I don't want to offend them. <laughs> <laughs> I guess you'd say, like, good eye, mate. Yeah, we, I want to say thank you. Yeah. We have, like... Big shout out to Australia. Y- y'all, it... I, it says you're all in Pimble, in Sydney, and something else. Yes. Maybe Melbourne? I don't know. I think it was Melbourne. Melbourne? Yeah. There you go. Well, I don't know how you found us. Welcome. We don't know who you are, but welcome. We love you. I get so stoked every time I see Australian right? listeners. We're like, yo, Australia. Like, a big percentage of our listeners are from Australia. Yeah. Spread the word. Spread the word worldwide, dude. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. I think it's now time. <sighs> Wait, I want to talk about my yes. my pinpoints. You got it. Not my pinpoints. My yeah, pin your points. pen pals. My pen pals in Australia. Go go. So I made a little bit of bullet points I wanted to talk about. Um, the first one we open on a scene in KB Toys. I was just excited. <laughs> I forgot about that. Because I saw KB Toys. <laughs> Why did it open there? I don't know. Wait, that's so confusing. He was now. like. He was like robbing a KB Toys, and then he got a a call from what? From George Clooney, and he was like, "Yo, we're getting the band back together." And he was, he like, was robbing a KB. Yeah, he toys? had the fucking mask on. That's true. You're right. I don't remember what he was doing in the KB Toys, but he was in a KB Toys, and I was like, "KB Toys." There used to be a KB Toys in the mall by my house, and then it closed because all KB Toys closed, and then. It turned into a t-shirt customization store. And sometimes you go and there's racist t-shirts in the windows. It's a strange place. Lovely. Anyway, KB Toys. I was just excited about talking about it. Yeah, continue. I like that Oki was in the movie. Oki was like a nice little through line to our other movies. We could connect every movie, I think, somehow. There was, I liked the style of this movie. Oh, it was great. The zoom in. The zooms. There were so many manual and Talk automatic zooms in this movie. They would like, there was one scene where whoever had the camera was on a balcony and they zoom, what was it? Like they zoom away from George Clooney. Then they zoom across the way to one of the other guys. Rusty. Rusty. And then they zoom downwards to Livingston, yes. and then they pan over to Bernie Mac, and then they zoom back up, and then they zoom to the side to another character. Like, it was just so fun. They just kept doing these... The zooms were frequent. Crazy zooms yeah. all the time. And I just... At first, I was like, this is kind of strange. And then I kind of got into I it. I was into it, yeah. I was into it. There was another scene where they had... um Oh, when they're in Mexico, and Virgil's friend is like, dude... Don't tick off our bosses. It's really dangerous. <laughs> and it zooms into his face and his stupid fake mustache. And on subtitles, it says, Danger is my middle name. And he like puts a mask over his face. A good zoom. It's so good. They had a lot of comedic zooms. I was it was such a choice, and I really liked it. Um the or, the, the three boxes. The three boxes. There were so many boxes. Um where I work. We have a joke about boxes on TV um, because 
we make a joke of how many boxes can we truly make on TV without making things crazy. And so we'll be like, we won't put them on air, but like the one TD will like make a, like a six box. And we're like a six box. And we'll be like, hey, tell me how you make a six box. And every time he goes, well, it's very simple. And he like shows us how to make the, the box. So every time I saw boxes, I was like a three box, a two box. A three box, a four box, <laughs> and some of the boxes were just showing the same things next to each other. I was like, "What's the purpose of these boxes?" It's just a stylization. It's choice. just to show chaos. Yeah, I loved it. The beginning of the film was very tinted orange. It was. I don't know why that was, but I liked the colors. There was a color palette to this movie that I liked and I appreciated. Um, it was like reddish, orange, a lot of tans. reds and oranges and tans and like a lot of warm colors, yeah. a lot of warm colors that like I really liked, um, transitions, fun transitions. They had wipes, they had crossfades, they had like crazy, like, um, iris ins and outs. Like they were just so silly. And I loved them. And they had like, um, they had like title cards and stuff that were in like these like bubbly 70s font with like everything these was very 70s in the way they took splashes. it. Yeah. Um, I was just watching Monty Python the other day. Ooh. Yeah, The Holy Grail. I love it. I love it. I love that movie. I just saw Life of Brian recently. Ooh, I haven't watched it in so many years. It's great. I've been on like an old comedy kick recently um but i was watching the holy grail and there are so many points where they will just like throw a throw some text with some color behind it Mm -hmm. and like that's that's your title card and it was such a 70s like thing i don't know there was just such a 70s vibe to this the the warm colors and the the oranges and the reds and the fact that it was shot on film and the the weird zooms was like a very big like corny 70s thing and the transitions was very like I reminded a me lot. a lot of Star Wars like how they always have like the, the oh, yeah. wipes and stuff like that I liked it I think the style was very fun and very um energetic the editors definitely um, had fun with it the editors had fun I would have loved to edit this movie and just mm-hmm. been like I don't know now we're gonna do a side swipe let's like, do it whatever um I love the disguises everybody's disguises like <laughs> They would range from I'm putting on a fake mustache to I have a wig and a mustache and a full costume and a full character. And I loved that about the characters that they were like, I'm getting into character and I will have this job. Like the chef, you had to apply. Like me and CJ were saying like the two, George Clooney and Brad Pitt were like pretending to be housekeepers. Like, okay, did you apply to be housekeepers is or is that just a costume if you applied to be housekeepers like getting hired at a job takes a long time that's like a two to three week span oh yeah of the hiring process and then like what are the chances you get put on the same shift there's so much dedication that these these characters put into it and i thought it was fun i love the disguises and then one of my favorite lines in the movie was when don Cheadle. Uh, says to which character was it? It was one of the boys. It I was think. one of the boys. One of the Virgil. ocean boys. Yeah. He goes. He says, "You're such a wowzer," 
And I was like, what is a wowzer? I don't know. I'm going to start using it all the time, though. Do it. Be my we, guest. We had to put subtitles on this movie because we really, they were throwing numbers and locations at us like nobody's business. And we were like, we are not following. Mm-hmm. We have to have subtitles because we do not know what these men are saying. And so we had the subtitles on and Don Jadle calls somebody a wowzer and it's spelled W-O-W-Z-E-R. I was like, I don't know what that means. I'm using it every day. A wowzer. Day. You're such a wowzer. Well, thank you. Well, thank you. Yeah, thank you very much. Maybe it's a nice thing. I don't know. I don't know. It could be anything. It could be anything. Is that it? Yeah, that's it for my bullet point. Uh, <laughs> thank you very much. You're welcome. It is now time for the Amazon one-star reviews. Boo. <laughs> <laughs> thank you. I, I'm going to be real. I struggled Finding some good, juicy reviews. Wow, really? I did. So, let's see what we got today. Alright, we got one from Karen Hardway. It's a one-star review from 2015 saying, Didn't purchase this item? Oh no! Oh no! My favorite. But that's it. (laughs) That's all I've mentioned. Oh, the level of intrigue that I have here. So you didn't purchase this. Are you reviewing it? I don't know. Are you one of those people that are like, I didn't watch it or purchase this movie. Zero stars. Right? Or are you one of those people that ordered something and got something else? It got this instead of whatever you purchased. I don't know. We'll never know. (sighs) KC from 2015 as well says, bad movie. Oh. Too far-fetched to take seriously. I think that was the point, KC. Right? I think KC missed the point. Yeah. I mean, of course it's far-fetched. There's too many plot conveniences. And uh, quick changes. <laughs> Joseph Paddock from 2016 does make a great point, though. Okay. He gave it a one star and oh. says, not 11 or 12. <laughs> That's it. Points were made. There was a, Some it was points a valid point. Made. He's right. It was you can't deny. Valid. You yes. cannot deny. Now, on the other hand, Smokey the Wonder Lizard did say something. Okay. Smokey the Wonder Lizard from 2014 said, overly done, flashy, no substance. Famous actors and some old famous actors get together and go to Las Vegas. Fun for them. Awful film for us. Let's see. Weak storyline, bad dialogue, Vegas, Vegas, and let's see. Oh yeah, more Vegas. Oh. Yuck. Somebody's a Vegas And hater. disconnected, disjointed, and lacks cohesion. Awful. Simply awful. Time to retire, Ocean. That's from Smokey the Wonder Lizard. <laughs> One more time. Smokey the Wonder Lizard. Smokey the Wonder Lizard sounds like somebody that should be in Vegas. That's a lot of Vegas hatred. That's so funny. Vegas, Vegas, and more Vegas. What's more disgusting? They really hated Vegas. They really hated Vegas. This one's for Moondog. Okay. One star review from 2016. Oh, no. Moondog says, boring, dot, 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 dot. Like watching paint dry. Completely predictable. Dot predictable. dot dot. George and Brad. Dot 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 dot. It's time. Dot 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 dot. dot. Retire already. Wow. Like watching wow. paint dry. Wait, Brad Pitt wasn't even old in 2007, and neither was George Clooney. And like, I, I don't know if after. George, I don't know. I don't know about that. I don't know about that one. But and also boring. Like. Even if you think that the the movie's too far-fetched for you, the energy is up the entire time. This is the last review. Okay. 
from Bella B. Bella B. On, oh, May 13th, 2013. So this is the furthest back we've Okay, had. okay. One star review. Homemade bootleg DVD. Uh, Wouldn't play in any DVD player. Whoa! That's the subject. Here's what she has to say. Let me start by saying, I love these movies. They're oh. awesome, feel-good, light-hearted, enjoyable pick-me-up kind All of films. right, Bella B. So, my one-star review is only for the actual DVD set that came from this seller. Oh, not no. the movies themselves. Oh, no. I ordered this set to help ease my convalescence after hip surgery, yet... <laughs> But when I opened the case and saw the album art, it immediately resembled homemade computer-burned work. I, I put in my Bosey DVD system, which will not accept any homemade or burned DVDs or CDs, and was infuriated when the message, unsupported format, popped up. I immediately switched over my auxiliary DVD player, which has never had any issues with burned discs, and was shocked when it wouldn't even play that on machine. Like this that. is total trash, and I'm appalled. It's being <laughs> sold or backed by Amazon. Oh I definitely should have gone ahead and paid a little more for the better quality sets. Yeah, dude. Lesson learned. Okay. Um, there's a lot to unpack there. I'm glad that she likes the movies. I'm I'm so sad that she had to go through this of getting a bootleg DVD because, like, 2013 was really before Prime really kind of picked up. So like. You could buy something from Amazon Prime and get the free shipping or whatever, or you could pay a little bit less and buy it used from a third-party mm. seller. I used to do that all the time before Amazon Prime was in my life because I was like, wow. why am I going to pay more money plus shipping if I can pay a little bit less and it's going to like equal out to still like the lesser amount? So I used to do that all the time and just get like things used from a third party. That being said... I never had shit like that. I never got like a bootleg copy. I, I it kind of makes me want to start kinda, buying DVDs I from know. Amazon especially in the hopes of now, not getting what I want to get. Especially now that we've been reading a lot more of these like, I didn't get this. I got an enema instead. Like, <laughs> <laughs> you know, who knows? It's a grab bag of wonder. My favorite part though. I ordered Ocean's 13 and I ended up pregnant. I can't review this, return this. I can't return this. The shipping was free, though, and it did come quickly. Two stars. Two stars. <laughs> I just, uh, you know, I feel bad for her hip. <laughs> I love that she had to mention her she hip surgery. She had to mention That, to me, was surgery. the best part. I, I had to watch this during my hip surgery. Did I mention that I had hip surgery? It's making them feel bad. It's right? Like, there you go. Feel bad. Yeah, Jeff was, isn't reading your reviews. I'm it was so sorry. Very well written. Well, hold on. Wait a minute. Jeff isn't reading You're reviews. telling me Mr. Mister Jeff. Mr. Bezos. Is not reading these reviews? No. What does he do then? He literally, he buys giant mansions with a bunch of bathrooms so that he could just use them all day. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Okay. I mean, he's too busy shitting all day. <laughs> Poor Jeff has IBS. <laughs> He's got IBS. The man needs an enema. Yeah. He should buy Sweeney Todd on DVD. <laughs> he should he, he should, should drink his own his Drink juice. his own piss. <laughs> or that. <laughs> yeah, sure. Jeff should drink his own piss. Just like the, the old man in Dodgeball. I've never seen Dodgeball. 
You've never seen Dodgeball? No. Oh my god, it's a ridiculous movie. Oh, is it a 2007 movie? No, it's not, unfortunately. Oh, how disappointing. Yeah. Oh, well, we can watch that in our free time. We still have so many other movies in 2007. We have so many, and yet sometimes I watch movies and I'm like, I'm so sad that this isn't part of 2007. Right? Like... Uh, I was telling CJ all about Venom today. <laughs> Venom, 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 go get him, get him, Venom, Venom, Venom. Yeah. It is the worst movie ever, and I love it. It's not the worst movie ever. We saw Cats, so, like, the bar is way up there when mm-hmm. it comes to bad movies. Oh, yeah. But, wow, can't recommend watching Venom enough. What a viewing experience. I My mouth was agape the whole time. <laughs> I was like... Every choice is wrong. Every choice is wrong. The wrong casting, the wrong accent, the wrong storyline, the wrong filming style. I couldn't see anything half of the movie because it was so dark and there was just nothing happening. Oh, wow. Can't write. Anyway, Venom's a great movie. I just found an Instagram today that shows videos of leaked filming of them filming Venom 2 and I fucking perked up a thousand percent. (laughs) I saw fucking, what's his name? Uh, Woody Harrelson who they got rid of his crazy carrot top wig unfortunately. But he's like got some sort of mannequin head on him and he's ripping things apart. I'm like, man, we're gonna have and then Tom Hardy's out the window and he's like, no! And I'm like, what's happening? I'm so excited. If the movie's good, I'm going to be devastated. <laughs> I, from what I, you've been telling me, <laughs> I don't think it will. Uh, listen, I, Venom is, is a film for the gays. <laughs> exclusively. That I did know. Exclusively. To the point where the DVD came out the next year. Was it last year? I think it came out in 2018, so it must have come out around 2019. The DVD came out around Valentine's Day, and all of the marketing was like, get the love of your life, Venom, like Tom Hardy does to his love of his life, Venom. Venom. Like, it was all, like, they, like, made, like, romantic comedy commercials and stuff, because I guess whoever was in marketing was like, this movie is bad, and we have to salvage it somehow, so they made, like, parodies for their own film. I still get ads for that movie on YouTube. Shut up. For the stars, like programming. Shut up. Oh yeah, it's dude. the one. It's the one specific I scene. I actually, I've not seen the movie. The, this one scene, he's in like a convenience store, and oh, yeah. there's a man holding up the place, and Venom just comes out. <laughs> he goes like a bird in the wind and eats the man. <laughs> then he goes back normal and goes like, "All right, goodbye." And she, he just leaves oh, with this poor God. woman scarred for life. The man, Tom Hardy, just eats raw meat like and eats spoiled meat out of a trash can at one point in the movie or you saying like in real life in the movie but i would i would totally believe it in real life too tom hardy's got amazing lips and that is when we should end the podcast anyway all right (laughs) Um, what do you feel about oceans 13 i like it it did very well it did well at the box office i think the budget was 81 million it made like 103 uh, overall, I think on Rotten Tomatoes, it's got like a six seventy percent ish. You can't you can't take it too seriously. You can't take it too seriously. I personally loved it. I haven't seen the other Oceans movies, so I can't compare it. And I find that I found that a lot of the critics were comparing it to the other ones, and they were saying like, apparently this producer and the director, they're like they finally found the style that they wanted 
but now it's more style over sub- substance. When I guess the other movies had more um, character development and stuff like that. Which could be a cool point of view for yourself. Yeah. Because now you can go back and watch Eleven. Exactly. And it'd be even better. Exactly. Exactly. Because this is a pretty high bar. I had a great time watching this I enjoyed this it movie. too, yeah. I thought it was fun. thought the writing was fun. Um, I mean, they're not wrong. There wasn't a lot of character-driven no. moments. There wasn't a lot of character development. But I went into this movie... And watched it and thought that that was, I don't know, that was just, like, what happened with the movie. And it make, they make it sound like it's, like, there's more, like, character-y, develop-y moments in the other in movies. In the other which movies. is even better! I can't wait! I can't wait to watch the other ones! There I'm excited! <laughs> I liked it, too. I think it's gonna do be pretty high on the list, but not the top. Yeah, not the top, but I would put it pretty high. There you go. I... I highly enjoy this film. I agree. I thought it was fun. I would recommend it. I'm recommending the other oceans to me. So, <laughs> myself at myself, watch the other oceans. There movies. you go. All right. Let's get that social. Let's get that social, baby. Follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Every2007Comedy. Um, also... Our boy CJ here, he's got a new podcast. Yeah. It's called The Shopping Podcast. Tell us a little about it. The Shopping Podcast, it's it's like the sh- like any shopping network, like QVC meets Welcome to Night Vale. Yeah. So it's it's about 10 minutes long. It's weird, very cheery. Yeah. My friend described it as calm chaos. Cal- yes, I would agree. It's extremely calming, but the whole time you're like, what is happening? Why am I listening to this? And why do I want to purchase this item? Yeah, thank you. Yes, I can't recommend it enough. Please give support, it a listen. Support our boy. The first episode's out. It's all about selling bags of fresh cut grass. Yes. The second one's going to be in the works, and it's about a brand new iPod Nano. Ooh. So if you're from Australia, you should <laughs> give it a listen, guys. Give it a listen. Yeah, totally. Where can you listen to it on? Everywhere. Everywhere. Apple, Google, Spotify. All those boys. All the boys. I did not put it up on YouTube, but uh, maybe YouTube. Maybe we'll see. YouTube. Yeah, thank you for the plug. Of course. We need to support our boy. We also need to support Gina Royale. Hell yeah, we She do. lets us use her music in her intro and outro. The song is 20-something off her album, Yellow. You should stream it. Oh, you yeah. You should buy it if that's possible. I don't know. On Sundays at my work, I like, since we open an hour later but oh. we still have to get there at the same time oh. i have a lot more extra time and so i put on an album and most recently i did gina's album and i was just jamming out as i was continuing to open nice. during that it was nice wonderful spreading the word oh yeah through public you're, you're just forcing it upon the public oh yeah and that's a good thing anything good else music. we need to say um i don't think so um i hope i get better yeah we'll see <laughs> if you're time. still sick next time who knows maybe maybe not um well, lads and lasses and those in Australia, especially, <laughs> <laughs> we will see you in, in 2007. 2007. Oh, we did it together. That was lovely. Bravo. Oh, seven.